Welcome back to Chucking a Sickie. This week, I can't go to work because um, my uncle's actually killed my father, which means that I can't come into work because I've been forced to live in the savannah, uh, essentially with a meerkat and a warthog. It's a very messy situation. Thank you for coming back for episode two. We've made it. This is exciting. I never thought we'd make it to two episodes, but we have. For those that missed episode one, what are you doing? Go back and have a listen. I'm your host, Harry. And each episode on Chucking a Sickie, we invite a very special guest and go through their perfect sick day. From the excuse they use to get off work, to the song that sets the tone, their favourite meal, and of course, their adventurous afternoon. As I said last week, we have a lot of exciting episodes coming up, from Aussie comedy superstars to bands, playwrights, actors, and hell, maybe even a waiter who once served Elon Musk. But this week, we have the absolutely fantastic Nicolette Minster. Nicolette is a Melbourne-based comedian, writer, and producer who first hit the big screens acting in a movie alongside Meryl Streep. Not bad. Not bad at all. Nicolette is currently touring the country with her latest stand-up show, Net Worth. Now, I'm sure you're wondering, where can I see her? Nicolette will be at the Melbourne Comedy Festival from the 30th of March to the 23rd of April and the Sydney Comedy Festival from the 4th to 7th of May. So get your tickets to this show. Links to the show are in the description below. But for now, pull out that thermometer and get ready to call your boss because it's time for Chuckin' a Sickie. <coughs> Chuck a Sickie. Well, Nicolette, thank you so much for joining us on Chucking a Sickie. We're very excited to have you here. Thank you very much for having me. Look, to start the day off, we've got to start off with the worst job that you've ever had. So, you know, you've been a comedian for a while. You're a child actor. What has been the worst job you've ever had? I worked at an institution called Pinky's Pizza Ribs on the Run, uh, where I would answer the phone. We were purveyors, obviously, of pizza and both ribs. And this was in the early 2000s. Yeah, on the run? Yeah, I mean, I think possibly it was more like Pinky's Pizza might give you the runs. (laughs) Um, But we... We, um, yeah, it was up the road. I wore a, a pink neon polo shirt. I, I answered the phones and I did, I was the dish pig. I, um, I cleaned yeah. all of the, uh, rib racks and all of the like yeah. pizza trays. I, I never quite made it to being, um, promoted to pizza topper. <laughs> yeah. Only the dishes. Yeah. To either the the front of the room or very much the back of the room. And I remember the owners were really big, like Kiss FM fans. So it was just like yeah. on a Saturday night, it was just like solid kind of early 2000s techno music. As I kind of <laughs> stood there, just like reeking of antibacterial dish soap and rib fat. That sucked. Oh, that sounds like a terrible, yeah, that's yeah, a terrible really combination. It was a really bad job. But I did get paid cash in hand. Oh, that's a great outcome. Yeah. Not yeah. taxed. I mean, no. definitely taxed. I mean, you paid all your tax. I definitely don't owe any tax. Yeah. So ribs and pizza, that's a weird combination. Um, why did they decide that? Ribs, you know what goes with ribs? Pizza. Everyone's favorite combo. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. I I mean, I, I'm pretty traditional when it comes to pizza. I'm not, you know, I'm not a barbecue chicken kind of a person. I, I really just like your traditional um, flavors of pizza. But uh, the ribs were surprisingly popular. Really? Were they any good? Look, I don't know at that point in my life that I had tried enough good ribs to be able to decipher what was good and what was bad. 
Um, but they, you know, they flew out the door. I definitely had to clean a lot of rib trays. So I suspect that means that, that yeah. they were good. Yeah, I'm glad that they like the ribs, but I, I like the idea, but it just feels really grungy and dirty. And if you get there, yeah, you probably will get the runs. Hey, hey. I was on dishes. I, I ran a really tight ship. Yeah. It was incredibly clean. <laughs> so at least the dishes were clean. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. Yeah. Did they, did they fire you from the job or you worked out of, on your own too late? No, but I have been fined from a job before. Okay. Do tell. I got fired from a juice bar. A juice bar? Um, yeah. I was working for a, a juice. I, I worked at a juice bar for... I think I worked officially at the juice bar. It was one shift, so it was probably like four hours. But I did all my training. And it wasn't one of the, like, it wasn't Boost, but it it, it, it was about the same time that Boost kind of was on the scene. So I think it was like competition to Boost. So it was named something similar, like Viva or Zest or, you know, something, the idea you're going to spice up your life with a smoothie. Yeah, something equally delicious. Exactly right. Um, I was I was really tired for some reason. It was like my first shift and I'd done the training and I passed all the training with like flying colours. And for some reason at the juice bar, you have like there's a machine that is dedicated to juicing oranges, okay. which makes complete sense, Yeah. right? Because, you know, normally there's like just – then there's the other juicer which like decimates the fruit and like it – and stupidly I managed to put whole oranges – in the kind of juicer that is designed to crush them. So effectively what I did was I juiced both the pith of the fruit and the peel. And as we all know, orange peels not particularly nice to eat. No, not at all. It meant that they had to like stop and clean that machine. And it was just, oh, it was a mistake. God. I just, I must've been nervous. I must've been anxious. <laughs> and they said, don't come back. It sounds like you serve them marmalade. Yeah, you know what? I I wish it was that appealing. I, it's a really nice way to frame it, but at the end of the day, I just I served them like pithy orange mush. Oh, so wow. I was entirely it was like like realistically, at the end of the day, I had one job, and that was to yes. juice fruit, and I I blew it. So no no um future inducing. No, and given the fact that you have done comedy for a living, which I would say is a lot harder than juicing, surprising that you are unable to do the juicing at the time. It's a bitter pill. <laughs> that is very true. I love how also that you did one training and then they were just like, nah, this is not going to work out. Like you have stuffed up so monumentally bad <laughs> that it is all over. Well, I'd got, no, the training was fine. This was their grand opening. <laughs> oh, you forget that detail. It makes it quite a bit worse, I think. Yeah. 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 All right. I love, I love that. Obviously now you do comedy, which I reckon is quite a bit harder, but you started off as a child star. Obviously you're in a movie with Meryl Streep and, and Sam Neill. Um, what was harder, juicing the oranges or acting alongside uh, Meryl Streep? Look, I, um, I taught her everything she knows. Yeah. Uh, it might have been early into my career, but I think um, you know, there's you never you never too you never too young to be a teacher. Yeah. Uh, look, I wish I could remember the experience, but unfortunately, I was only in. I would say in my threes. I was only three. <laughs> Very young. Um, yeah, my my parents used to work in film and TV, and I think I must have displayed some desire to be filmed or was precocious or needed yeah. a more my parents just needed some time off um and yeah this was it was one of my earliest jobs which was very cool very cool um and you know if you're going to start 
start your career alongside Meryl Streep, there's only one way to go from <laughs> there and that's downhill. Yeah, I guess that's true. I, I feel like you were the type of kid that would have been putting on like fashion shows for your parents and, and acting like performances for them. Uh, you know, one of those type of kids. Would that be roughly right? Yeah, I don't know if it's necessarily like giving giving fashion shows, but we did have a mini tramp. I don't know if, if anybody will remember those, but they were like those, they were real kind of like 80s fitness equipment and they were these sort of round. Like an inch or two off the ground? Yeah, yeah. They were like really close to the ground. And yeah. we had this like mini tramp and I would insist that when my whenever my parents had friends over for dinner that I would I would stand on the mini tramp and bounce and mime while he kind of waved a torch around yeah. the room like some kind of <laughs> um like some kind of hollywood style lights being cut like some kind of hollywood style bat signal is all i can yeah. think of so it wasn't it wasn't quite a fashion show i'd say it was actually more insufferable I mean, it sounds better from my perspective. I think that sounds way better than a fashion show. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, there was always, there was a, a song of my choosing um, and that was Belinda Carlisle's Leave a Light On. Oh, yeah. You know, so obviously the stagecraft of having the light yeah. cast around the room. Important. Like it was a real vision. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. I do like that that's how you started your career. And then I guess even from that, that's a step down to work with Metal Street. Like that's probably the peak on those trampolines doing that light show. Yeah. I mean, really, the reason I moved into comedy is I was just chasing that high. <laughs> I've never thought about bringing the mini tramp onto stage. I should do that. I love it. I reckon it's definitely something you should do with your upcoming shows. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously you're doing comedy now. Um, how did you get into comedy? I mean, obviously you're a child actor, you've written, you've done voice acting, you've acted in TV shows and films, like you've done a bit of everything. Why, why comedy? Well, I'm very good at starting things and then quitting them quite quickly. Yeah. And for some reason... <laughs> I just decided to stick at comedy. I got into it because I was really enjoying writing and mm. I wanted the chance to get up and, and see if what I was writing was any good, really. Um, and I was living in the UK. I'd been over there studying and I started gigging and it was kind of the best place to gig because in London you could gig multiple times a night, seven nights a week. Yeah. Um, such a scene there. Uh, oh, my gosh, such, such a scene. And, look, to be fair, there's so many rooms in Melbourne as well. So if you really wanted to, I'm sure you could, but it, it was just great to have the opportunity to also have a bit of anonymity as well. Like I really enjoyed going, okay, well, I'm probably going to be slightly funnier just because I have an accent. Yeah, the automatic plus one. Okay, totally. I already sound funny. So uh, it, it was just great to have the opportunity to just get up and try stuff in, in front of complete strangers and in front of people who were really a very diverse crowd. Um, yeah. So it was, that's kind of, that's how I got into it. And then I've actually kind of been a bit on again, off again with it. I've I've been like a kind of, person who couldn't commit I've been very it's been something that I've you know done I suppose for about 10 years but it's I definitely haven't done it uh consistently I've yeah. been delightfully non-committal <laughs> until quite recently but I guess that's the beauty of comedy right you can just pick it up whenever you really decide no one's really forcing you hey you've got to do a show next week unless you're booked in I guess yeah 
I think, you know, I, th I think there's a lot of pressure. I think you know, there are, there are certain comedians who put a lot of pressure on themselves to, you know, to be gigging all of the time and to do a, a new show every year. And, and I completely respect and I understand that. But I think the last couple of years have, have sort of taught us that we don't necessarily need to be in, in such a rush. And, and, and I think too, we're being asked to make more of a kind of concerted effort to ask ourselves what it is that we truly want to say. Yeah. And I yeah, think that definitely. goes for any person who's working in the storytelling or broadcasting realm. Um, you know, why are you doing it? Why now? And I think all of those questions are, if you if you've got a microphone and you're shining a light on something, then then you got to know why. Um, yeah. And sometimes you don't know why. And if you don't know why, you might know next week. So don't put yeah. the pressure on. That's very true. And I guess, especially as you said, at the moment, the world that we live in is just so different to what it was two years ago. Um, and that's kind of it's scary, but it's also exciting in a lot of ways. Yeah, I think it's. I think we're still. Um, you know, my my world's really different because in the last two years, I became a parent. Yeah, um, but, that does change a lot. <laughs> it really does. Um, I think we're still navigating it. I, I still feel like I'm still getting my post-COVID sea legs, so to yeah. speak. Yeah, because I guess it's funny. It's it's more or less like starting again. You know, it's been a couple of years. You've got to like get back in the seat. And obviously last year was the first run of, of Melbourne Comedy Festival, Sydney Comedy Festival. But now everyone's like, all right, you had your year to get your, fit, your legs back. Now it's time to really put on a show. Yeah, totally. And I think the hard part is too is not, not, not many people have done anything. I mean, of course people have, but like yeah. we've all had a, a really universal experience and which is so, so rare. It's so rare that every, every country in the world is going through the same thing at the same time. Not yeah. in my lifetime have I experienced that. I think not even really in our parents' lifetime, did, but they might've experienced that. So it's, um, it's made, it's, it's really changed the narrative. Yeah, I, I agree. It's, I guess the wars is what, uh, I guess, solidified people together, that universal experience in the past. And thankfully we haven't had one of those world wars in a while, but COVID has definitely shone a, a new light on how the world works. Absolutely. So obviously for you, your new show, um, part of it, you're saying that you're worth $15 million, six foot and a 30 year old. Um, I'm excited for this life for you. When did you find out that you were um, <laughs> so rich? I oh, know, right? Um, it was it was about May of, I say about, I was specifically May 12, I remember it, May 12, 2022 was only last year. Yeah. And I was putting my name into Google for a whole host of reasons, if I'm <laughs> honest with you, Harry. And I stumbled across something that I'd never seen before. And the important context for you to know at this point is that there's only one of me in the whole world. There's nobody else in the whole world with the same name, Nicolette Minster. Now, I'm, I'm not important. the only, yeah, it, it, it's pretty important context. So normally what that means is that every time I Google myself, I get me or I get a variation of me. What I mean by variation is like, however the AI has interpreted what's out there yeah. and the kind of bot, you know, bits and pieces of stuff that might be about me on the internet and whatever, you know, chat GPT has decided it will pull together <laughs> yeah. as a representation of who I am. 
And I stumbled across a net worth profile. And they, if you don't know what a net worth profile is, it's they, they're, um, they're an estimation of how much a celebrity is worth. But the joy oh. of net worth profiles is that you don't have to be famous to have one. <laughs> yeah. You just okay. have to e- exist enough times on the internet for the internet to decide that you're a person of interest. Wow. And the reason that the net worth websites exist is just marketing so it's just they they just have ads on them so it's, yeah. they're just billboards at the end of the day but now these billboards have people like your friends and family coming after you saying listen where's my cut of the 15 <laughs> listen where's my wedding present yeah um, no. <laughs> yeah it's yeah. <laughs> it's um yeah so I, I stumbled across this particular profile which uh have my name attached to it but then it proceeded to have the names of a whole heap of people that I'd never heard of before. It told me I was born in 1992. I mean, it got my age right. Yeah, um, exactly. It told me that I went to a particular university in the States. It told me that I was born overseas. It told me, and it told me there's like specific names of people that I was related to. And Any it all, it like none, none of it was correct. Wow. And so it was at this point that I went, okay is there someone else? Like, is there someone else out <laughs> yeah, there with in, the same in the name? wide world. Or is this just another version of me in the matrix? Like, yeah. is, that, just is that a glitch that somewhere that you can see here? it? Totally. And, and, or is this the internet saying, if I change things right now, <laughs> I could be living this life. Yeah. But do I want to be living this life? Yeah. The, well, these are all the questions, right? 15 mil. Yeah, $15 million. Again, yeah. please, tax department do not come after me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just so funny that you just stumble across that. Because I, I mean, I've Googled myself before. Nothing exciting comes out for me. I'm worth, I'm worth diddly squat. So I think it's nice to be affirmed in some ways, even if this is an alternate reality, that there is a Nicolette out there that is $15 million richer. <coughs> so obviously... We're really excited for your comedy shows, but you've also done a lot of writing and voice acting. Um, you know, Kinney Tonight, Wizards of Oz, uh, done a lot of work with Sammy J. Do you like the balance of, of being able to, I guess, write your own things in comedy and then also give it potentially to other people to say or for you to express yourself in, in different ways through voice acting or acting in shows? I love it all. I love the variety. And yeah. I think that I've just been really fortunate to never have to do the same thing every day. I know that makes me sound like an Uber driver. Who's <laughs> <laughs> her own, you know what I mean? I love, no two days are the same. Um, but I I feel very fortunate to have found myself in a position where different parts of me and all the different facets of my personality can be satisfied by by the variety of what I get to do yeah um you can you know it can also make life challenging not not kind of knowing where you'll be and what you'll be doing any given day but um I I yeah I I truly love the joy that I'm quite and I'm able to switch off parts of my brain and what I mean by that is you know I, I can sit in other people's work as a performer and not be you know, judging it or or thinking about how I would tell the story differently. Hmm. Um, the same way, the joy that I get from being able to hand over scripts and whatever it is to other actors and see them do things that I just didn't imagine were even possible at the time of 
conceptualizing something or executing something. Yeah. It's such a joy. I, I feel like the collaboration uh, aspect of things is really undervalued. Um, but I, I, I think when you're making something and you have the chance for all of the individuals to value add, um, that's, that's truly what I love the most about being able to work in this space. And the reason that I tend to lean towards comedy is because I, I think it's really important for us to have the opportunity to, to think and to laugh and be challenged and to um, celebrate you know, each other as, as, and ourselves as, as, as often as comedy allows. Yeah, I mean, what's life without a laugh, right? Right. Well, it's, yeah, there's not much else. I certainly yeah. wouldn't be able to pay my mortgage, so I'm grateful for that. <laughs> That's fair. And look, I, I love just the way that you've expressed it as well. I, I just think it's it's perfect. Um, but what's not perfect is your job at Pinkies <laughs> Pizza and Ribs. Um, you know, we're going back to your worst job. Um, I actually have to like pause for a moment because I just I just really enjoyed what you said. Um. Oh. <laughs> we do we do have to go back to pinkies unfortunately i know we don't want to go back there but we do because you've got to get out of work at pinkies so what is the excuse that you are going to use in order to get the day off so you don't have to clean up those rib sauces and pizza toppings i've actually I've been, i was thinking long and hard about what kind of excuse i would use mm. and i think and because I, I, I get kind of like you know i think it's so easy to be like oh there was a death in the family but then i feel like that's you know you're going to get really bad kind of juju from that yeah um bad karma for I, sure right but i think it just straight up has to be i think it just has to be gastro <laughs> okay I, th I, I think it does i think it has to go the ribs on the run gave me the runs and i need to get <laughs> out of here running from the ribs that gave you the runs i like that it's catchy it's alliteration <laughs> no one's no one's pulling you up on that like it is just too beautifully written for someone to be like nah you got to stay at work. Absolutely. I just think, and also like people immediately keep their diff distance. Yeah, that's, that's very true. <gasps> okay, great. So look, you've gotten the day off from work because Pinky's ribs on the run have given you runs. So now you're running. <laughs> A lot of running going on. You've now got to start off the day, right? Because It's my cardio. Right. Yeah, it's your cardio <laughs> for the day as, you know just such an image that I'm getting right now. Um, but you're starting off the day with a song to pump you up because it's not a big night. It's a Baroque performance, big day. Uh, they haven't sponsored the, sex the segment yet, but they will one day. I'm very confident of that. So what would be your <laughs> Baroque performance song to pump you up for the day? I think it would have to be Paul, Paul Simon's Don't Call Me Out. Oh, okay. Okay, look. Bam, 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 bam. There's his soundbite. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that is perfect. Um, I reckon that is one of my favorite film clips, like uh, music video clips of all time as well. Oh, it is just. I don't think I've phenomenal. seen the music really, video. I mean, it's with Chevy Chase, who I don't know if he's cancelled yet or not. He might be at this stage. Mm. Um, but it's just a really, really funny, like music video of them in a room playing instruments, and it is phenomenal. Yeah, I'm going to, well, at least we've both got something to Google once this is over. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Are you a big fan of Paul Simons? Yeah, we're a big vinyl, we're a big vinyl family. So quite oh, like to yeah. pop on, pop on the Graceland vinyl. But I actually, I saw Paul Simon perform live when I was um, living in the UK and he had this enormous band that he was playing with, with like a huge African percu uh, percussion 
um, section and it was it was phenomenal that's incredible i i really love um artists who have the full ensemble the orchestra behind them i think it just gives so much gravitas to like you know their performance and you're just blown away seeing them live a hundred percent if someone's mediocre but they have like <laughs> like full percussion yeah and like a string quartet yeah that's i mean they're winning at life you said as well yeah. that you have a vinyl con- collection are you are you a big vinyl mm. collector for the decor or because you have a vinyl machine and you actually listen to it <laughs> no we do we do have a record player yeah. and we do actually listen to it we got very excited because i was able to find one um that i'm just boasting now at this point but it's a bluetooth <laughs> so it it actually means we can just have the connect we can connect it to the sound bar and it's so oh, good that's awesome yeah what's your yeah. what's your most prized vinyl that you think that you have oh mm, that's a really good question <laughs> i my most prized i mean and this is just like this is just straight up nostalgia but my most prized is one that i bought off ebay which seems so <laughs> Old, do you know what I mean? I'm like, who buys things off eBay anymore? They market yeah. really hard, but they tried, um, but it's e- not working. Facebook Marketplace like, seems got, to be the place to be. Right, you've got Amazon and you've got Marketplace. Why would it? Yeah. Why would you be on eBay? Anyway, it's on <laughs> eBay, and it's a copy of um, Barbara Streisand's album, The Broadway Collection. Oh, wow, uh, and it's a CD. My mum used to play the CD when I was a kid. And, um, but I found it on vinyl for like 12 bucks and well, I think it was like $45 shipping, but it was a $12 vinyl <laughs> in beautiful condition. They always get you with that shipping. Right, man. And, um, I, uh, but I do also have a, a Taylor Swift, uh, lover. So that al- album lover, I'm not, I'm actually not a Swiftie, but I, that particular album is on super high rotation but yeah, I, I, I it. some of the music I can take a leave I just happen to really <laughs> love that album. this album I do I do just appreciate also the steal you got for Barbara Streisand 12 bucks even with shipping is right like, you've really won this battle I know I know I was so impressed and it was yeah it was a nice thing to be able to get for myself I was like oh yeah I feel like I feel like I feel like there should be some type of I don't know page or or website where if you had wins like that you can post it and people can show appreciation because I feel like if you get a bargain I want to I want to be able to commend you. Haven't you just described Instagram? Uh, yeah, I think I have. That's exactly what. (laughs) That's how much I use Instagram. (laughs) Straight up, that's just how Boomer approaches facebook (laughs) just yeah that is very true actually i I do look at this thing i got yeah Yeah. it was such a good bargain only three thousand dollars what a steal what a steal what a steal oh i love that look you can call me al i think is a fantastic choice for a pump-up song the more i do this segment the more i realize that there are a lot of really good songs to pump you up in the morning and there's some terrible ones um, but this is definitely a winner for me. Yeah. I mean, I have to, I had, there was a question I had to ask honestly. I wasn't going to be like, no, it's mad, mad world. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, this is, I love it. I love the answer. Now you're pumped up. You're excited. You know, you maybe even have him performing live with the orchestra in your house to start off the day. We've got it all here. He's got his full, you know, 3000 piece band um, to start off the day just right. But now you're feeling a bit hungry. So where would you go mm. for your perfect meal there's a really great cafe in collingwood called terra twilight terra twilight 
Okay. Terror Twilight. So Terror yeah. Twilight, yeah. what do you go for there? What's yeah. the go-to? Oh, look, so they normally have a special that's always really great, but they do these bowls that are like full of nutritious food. It's insane. They serve food <laughs> in a bowl. Yeah. And it's just, they just brand it as you can buy a nutritious bowl. And you get to like pick bits. You know what yeah. I mean? You don't have to just, you don't have to put the food in the order that they, that, that, that the chef has decided. You yeah. can, you can mix bits. You can mix bits and pieces. <laughs> I mean, it's almost as, it's almost exactly what you could do at home. It, it is, but someone else is doing it for you. And that's the delight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so you're I'm making your own, there. you're making your own nutritious bowl. What's, do you have a go-to or when you get there, it's just how you're feeling for that day and you'll change it up every time. Just, just the vibe of the thing, you know, yeah. it's just like, is it going to be a, a quinoa base or is it going to be, you know, brown rice base? I don't know. I don't know. Depends how I feel. I, I love that. You're just happy to go with the flow. It's, it feels like this bowl could be either the most exciting thing in the world or the most bland thing in the world. And it will just be perfect. <laughs> no matter, no matter, no matter how you're feeling, it's always perfect because you can do anything with it. Exactly right. And it's guaranteed not to actually give me gastro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Are you are you a big like Pokeball fan? Because what you're describing to me more or less seems like a Pokeball. Yeah, look, I'm not a I'm not a Pokeball um uh loyalist, I suppose. Yeah, okay. Um, but I don't, you know, I, I don't mind fishbowl. Fishbowl's really good. But this um, nutritious bowl is different. It's just like whatever you want, and that's why it's so perfect. Yeah. Exactly right. I mean, because realistically, this is my perfect day off. So yeah. should I decide that I want, you know, Fruit Loops and pickles? <laughs> so bad. Terrible combination. What, Do I they... want, what I want is choice. I just yeah, want unlimited okay. options. <laughs> I know people get choice paralysis. I don't. Wow. I just okay. see opportunities. I'm the opposite. I get absolute paralysis. Just give me one thing on the menu and I'll be happy. If I have to choose, it'll you... take me an hour. Are you old enough to remember video stores? I, I, I am old enough to remember video. I appreciate the compliment. I am well old enough, unfortunately. Do you Did you used to get choice paralysis or was it something that you really enjoyed? Like, did you go into Blockbuster and think I'm going to leave with a DVD of X-Men or did you go, I'll just see what I want to watch and then cut to closing time, you're still there? No, so I would limit it just to the new releases. I, would, I wouldn't be able to uh... pick... I wouldn't be able to pick if it was just anything, but new releases, there's probably only one or two that I actually want to watch. So I'm like one or two I can choose between, but if I'm doing the whole store, yeah, I'm not leaving that store probably for at least a blockbuster goes out of business. Yeah. Well, you might not have had to have been there for long then. (laughs) Exactly. So if you go into video easy, you will look at every single video there and be like, yep, I could have any of them. I'll, I'll go in and I'll make a swift decision. Yeah. Okay. You're not, you're not joshing around. You're there for action. No. I'm normally in like a mood, I'm in like a genre mood, you know, I'm like, am I in the mood for a rom-com or am I in the mood for a horror? And nine times out of 10, it'll be a horror, but you know, I, then I can narrow it down and get in and get out pretty quickly. Yeah. You mentioned horror and I know that you've written a horror film, Girl at the Window. Is horror a big yeah. part of your, I guess, your career so far? Something that, I mean, it sounds from what you're saying, something that you really enjoy doing, I mean, quite separate from comedy. You say it's quite separate, but I actually think they're quite similar. Really? Um, Yeah, because both horror and comedy require us to create suspense and to create tension. And it's a situation where you are building and releasing tension. 
And that sounds so incredibly uh, unfunny. Uh, <laughs> but it's I, true. It sounds like a really kind of witless way to, to look at it, but it's true. Um, and I, 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 yeah, I just, I think I just love playing with the rhythm of, of story and, and um, I, I love the, how quickly um, the horror genre or the thriller genre can suck you in um, if it's done well. It's not yeah, always done well. Course. I don't think I, I'm the, I definitely don't, I'm still learning. Um, but I, I, and I love that the experience of getting a shock or getting a laugh is, you know, you want everybody in the room to experience that at the same time. Yeah, Whereas definitely. I think sometimes with other genres, we, um, we, they, they, they don't speak to the audience as a whole as much. Yeah. It's, it's harder. The lead up as well, I guess, as you said, is just oh so important. And I feel like you're right. The only times that I can think of everyone really having the same reaction, because even like with like dramatic movies when people are crying, generally it's only a laugh or a scare that everyone in the audience will more or less feel the same way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, would, I mean, you've obviously chosen T Terror Twilight as your place to go. Is that like a horror-based cafe or is it just a normal cafe that has a terrifying <laughs> I didn't realise that it, <laughs> I didn't, rea didn't realise as I said it that it sounds so horrific. Uh, no, no, it's um, it's a really excellent cafe in, on Johnson Street in Collingwood. Oh, it sounds um, delicious. <laughs> now, if you had to go anywhere in the world for your perfect meal, I mean, it can be Terror Twilight, but if you can go anywhere, where would you want to go for like just the best meal you've ever had? I think I would go, I'm desperate to get back to Japan. I've only been to Great Tokyo choice. and I would, um, it's again, they're, they're very good bowl-based meals. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that is very true. <laughs> I re really didn't realise I was just this simple. Anyway. You just, you just um, love bowls. <laughs> Yeah, I've got real, real kind of Neanderthal approach to just single, narrow-minded approach to food. I'm like, I want it in a bowl. None of this mucking about with plates. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I would go to Japan and don't ask me where it would be specifically. I would see where, you know, I would just see, would just kind of peer into the window of somewhere. It, actually, I lie. It would definitely have to be at, at, a, at a restaurant or cafe that had plastic um, uh, display ramen bowls, yeah, um, with the, the with the chopsticks kind of suspended in the air. It would have oh, to have that yeah. in the window. They yeah. were the most alluring part, of, I think, of a lot of the restaurants. Like, I think I preferred actually looking at some of the places and those like clay models than I did actually actually <laughs> eating, eating there. Yeah, some of the places. A hundred percent. Yep, yeah, I, I agree. I reckon that is a, a fantastic choice. When was the last time you were in Japan? I think I think it was 2018. Oh, I was there. I can't believe we didn't see each other. I was also there in 2018. We could have looked That's at some crazy. clay models together. We could have gone to a cat cafe. Oh, uh, did you go to any of those gimmicky cafes? Because I thought about it, but then I decided I, against it. A hundred percent went to a cat cafe, and the cats hated me. They hated <laughs> oh everyone. God. And I also went to one of the owl cafes as well. Yeah. And they also hated everyone. Yeah. But the photo ops were yeah, phenomenal. I think a cat cafe is a terrible idea. I just feel like, you know, cats shouldn't be enclosed in places pretty much ever. So having them in a cafe where they clearly want to be outside, is just a recipe for disaster. I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. <laughs>
Chukusuki. So that does sound like a fantastic meal to have in Japan. But to finish off the day, you've got to have an activity. So like similar to Ferris Bueller's day off, what would be your perfect activity to finish off the day just right? And I can do this with whoever I want. With whoever you want? I think I would drink Campari sodas <laughs> yeah. with, with Jennifer Coolidge. I think it is a phenomenal answer. I think anything you do with Jennifer Coolidge oh God, is always so good. fantastic. Um, why drinking Campari's? Oh, I don't know. I think I love it. Do you know what? It's weird, right? Because Campari's like really bitter. And mm. maybe maybe back on that day when I, that fateful day when I decided that I would mince orange peel into <laughs> yeah. people's drinks, I must have yeah. been forecasting this kind of like bitter palate that I was going to eventually desire. Um, yeah. And I, but I feel the reason I, I pick Coolidge is because I feel like at that point I'm just off duty. You know, I just get to sit there and watch the show. Yeah, I I love that. So you're just like having a chat with her. Is there a location that you'd want to be drinking Campari's? I mean, I feel like the the I, it would it would need to be like there there would need to be an air of inconvenience in the, <laughs> in the in the environment. Like I feel like that's where she would kind of peak. Yeah, yeah. Um, she'd just be a bit frazzled about what's going on. Totally. I think yeah, just a confused Jennifer Coolidge. Um, I don't know, maybe like on the side of a m mountain. Um, I don't know. Like, I mean, like where there's like an established hospitality institution. Of I don't course. mean like, you know, we're not there with like pickaxes and like <laughs> yeah. clinging onto the side of the mountain. Yeah, middle um, of Everest. Exactly right. Like I'm staking my job, you know, I could lose my job at Pinky's Pizza Ribs on the right <laughs> if, if I'm found out. That's true. That's very true. Obviously, Jennifer Coolidge is hilarious. Have you been a long-term fan of Jennifer Coolidge or has White Lotus sparked your absolute love of her? No, I am a long-time fan. I loved her in Best in Show. Yeah. She was phenomenal. Um, and, of course, the American Pie movies. Yeah. Um, I just think she's such a talent and we're so lucky that she was given an opportunity to to do what she does so well. Yeah. And I think that her being frazzled is also her at her peak. Um, I've, I've watched some interviews with her and she ad-libs a lot of what she does. So I think she would just be like, especially if she's frazzled, would just be so hilarious. That's what I mean. I mean, I almost don't even need to be having, I, I don't even need to be having drinks with her. I just need to be in the area. <laughs> So you don't necessarily want to be interacting with her. You just want to watch from not too far away, but far enough away that you get the whole experience. Yeah. I just want dinner and a show. <laughs> I love that. I think having Campari while you're watching her as well, and she's just frazzled at the side of a mountain, um, does sound like a bizarre like picture in my head, but also just something that I can just very much imagine Jennifer Coolidge doing. Yeah. And I think that, you know, at my workplace, they're not going to assume that that's what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, it's so far <laughs> from the realm of anything that anybody else might consider desirable. Yeah. You know, I they're mean, just going to assume that I'm at home. That's what you, uh, oh no, that's what you think. But I've actually got a call coming through now from your boss <laughs> at Pinky's Pizza Ribs on the Run. Um, look, Nicolette, we've just seen the Instagram story of Jennifer Coolidge, who seems quite disoriented, but it looks as though that you're having Campari. I mean, you're 16 at this time, so it's uh, pretty worrying at that point, but you clearly not got the runs. What's going on? I am here 
with my mother, who is Jennifer Coolidge. Yeah. Um, and she's yep. only in town for a short time. <laughs> it turns out I'm adopted. <laughs> and this is the and day you found out. This is the day that I found out. Wow. So Jennifer Coolidge is your mom. That is, you know what? That's pretty exciting. You get to keep your job at, at Pinky's Pizza Ribs on the Run because having Jennifer Coolidge as a mom, just get her down to the store every now and then. She can have some runs herself. will be great. I don't need your job. My mom's Jennifer Coolidge. We're going to elope. I get <laughs> elope with your mom. That's a, a weird sentence. Um, but I do, I do love that you're halfway through the call thinking, actually, why the hell am I doing this? I've just found out that a celebrity is my mother. Uh, I don't need to be doing any of these, these menial jobs. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I really probably just should have come clean at the beginning and said that, you know, yeah. <laughs> then I wouldn't have had to lie about gastro. Yeah, that's true. Uh, that you found out about Jennifer Coolidge. I mean, it would be pretty exciting, but I'd also be, I'd be nervous as well if Jennifer Coolidge is my, is my mum. I just feel like she's just such a character that her as a mum, I don't think you'd you'd be able to, I don't know, do life properly because you'd just be mesmerised oh, by no, everything she does. That's a relationship that you have to monetize very quickly with an autobiography. <laughs> 100%. Get a ghostwriter in, just get the whole thing done. <laughs> I love that. Okay, so let me recap your perfect day for you. So you start off the day pretty terribly at Pinky's Pizza and Ribs on the run. But unfortunately, you've had gastro. So you've, you're getting out of work for the day. Um, you've had ribs running while you're running out of that workplace. And to start off the day right, you have Paul Simons, you can call me Al with a full orchestra to lead you in to your delicious, delicious meal at Terra Twilight, where you get a nutritious bowl. Really anything in a bowl will do, but you'll take a nutritious bowl with unlimited options. And then in the afternoon, you're just drinking Campari uh, by the side of a mountain and who walks in but a frazzled Jennifer Coolidge. And maybe you speak to her, maybe you don't, but you just enjoy uh, all the laughs that you have from watching this experience. How does that feel for you as your perfect day off? It's pretty ideal, if I'm honest. Yeah, it's um, pretty good. I feel like it's really tread the line between absurd <laughs> yeah. and nutritionally dense. Yeah, I agree. I think it's also probably a bit more of a practical one because you could definitely start your day with Paul Simons and have some Terra Twilight. And there's definitely a possibility that you could be drinking Campari on the mountain somewhere and Jennifer Coolidge walks in. Just right place, right time. I think it's all about having dreams that are aspirational, <laughs> yeah. you know, insofar as achievable. Yeah, I you agree know? with that. Look, that sounds like a fantastic day off. Nicolette, we're very excited to see you in all of your shows um, coming very, very soon and speaking all about your net worth. Thank you, Thank you so much for joining Chucking a Sicky. Oh, my absolute pleasure. I'm so glad you let me chuck sick all over you. <laughs> <laughs> chuck a sicky. So that was it. That was episode two with Nicolette Minster. Um, I did love her song choice. You can call me Al. One of my personal favorite songs. I just love the saxophone line in that. And I also loved her adventure as well. Gotta love Jennifer Coolidge. She's all over everywhere now because of White Lotus. As I said before, Nicolette will be at the Melbourne Comedy Festival from the 30th of March to the 23rd of April and the Sydney Comedy Festival from the 4th to the 7th of May. Make sure to get tickets to Nicolette's show, Net Worth. It sounds bloody hilarious. Also check out your own Net Worth um netranking.com.au i think it is and see how much you're worth thanks again for listening to another episode of chuck and a sicky make sure to subscribe and give us a rating and join us next week for another brilliant perfect day off on chuck and a sicky